Welcome to Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. Join our host, Jacob Koenig, a partner at Woodbridge International, as he gives you the knowledge to navigate complexities, embrace strategic shifts, and prepare you to sell your business with no regrets. At Woodbridge, we know how to give you the wisdom to achieve your ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Jacob Koenig. All right, welcome to the show. Today, we've got a, a guest, Aaron Markham. He's an entrepreneur and an expert in positive psychology. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Let's have fun. This is uh, this will be good. Thank Indeed. you. Thank you for having me. So to start, Aaron, could you please share a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and uh, explain the transition from healthcare startups to implementing the EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, in, in Home Care Plus, some of the impact it's had? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my journey, I've been 21 years as an entrepreneur. My first venture was in 2002 as a home care agency. And and with like a lot of new ventures where we go all in, right? We get this a little bit of what we call in positive psychology, obsessive passion. And where uh, a lot of my personal life was suffering back then because I was going all in there. And we could talk more about how, you know, how I figured it out later on that that's not necessarily the right way to do it. But sometimes we grind things out, we can still be successful. So I built a successful home care agency, the largest in the state of, uh, of Utah, and sold that to a public company in, in uh, 2009. But I had this burning idea of starting a data analytics company for the home care space. It really lacked information and data, kind of think of like J.D. Powers for home care. We didn't have that in that space. And so halfway through that journey, that my home care journey, I I think it was around 2006 when I first got this idea. And I was using a company at the time that was measuring some of our satisfaction, but not necessarily had a big uh, following of home care agencies. And so I started a, a company, another company in 2008, hmm. before I sold my, my first company uh-huh. and then launched that. And that was kind of my big 10X, my first real big 10X. So my home care agency, super successful but that second company was really where I kind of got into the multi-million dollar kind of opportunity and, and a unique, we were pioneers in the space. I mean, yeah, the impact that that company has had on that space is pretty epic. I mean, it's uh, we really kind of changed the dynamics because we finally were bringing data to a space that was fragmented, didn't have it. And that was amazing, but also hard. Like I early on in that journey, I wish I would have learned from my mistakes from my first experience because I was still grinding it out. I was still suffering, you know, through those challenges. Maybe even double the time when you're running both at the same. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For that year and a half that I had both, and and uh, that was a very tough year and a half. Yeah. But I sold that company, and then I was all in with this with the second opportunity, and. That's, uh, you know, we hit about, so we had this great growth up until, I wouldn't say hard growth, but a good steady growth between 2012 and 2016. But then we got to about 2016 and we noticed we were plateauing and, and my personal life, because I had put so much into this and I'm still trying to figure things out, was suffering. Mm-hmm. I was overweight. I was um, struggling in many ways. And so 
I had to find other outlets at that point. And I, I kind of got to this turning point where I knew my, my family needed me more. I, my business was getting too much of me. And that was also creating some negativity. Right. And so that's when I got into cycling, actually in 2016. I tell this funny story in the book, and I've shared this a few times with people, is that when I decided to get in cycling, my brother-in-law is an amateur cyclist. He, he actually bikes for uh, uh, the Asian team. He was in Shanghai, and he got me into it. And so when I ordered my bike in April of 2016, it was the same day I signed up for Lodija, which is a 200 mile bike race five months later which is insane typical entrepreneur right (laughs) you know so i uh i went all in with that but that created another outlet for me Mm. and if you look at the trajectory of that business yeah home care pulse is the name of the company thriving company still as you look at the trajectory is from 2016 on when i actually took a step back and really started focusing on my personal side Right. You know, and then from there, we took off, we implemented EOS at that same year, you know, found EOS and loved that. And so my personal and professional sides of my life were starting to get, and again, I don't believe in balance. You never balanced life. I think that's a myth. Yeah. But actually having the presence when I was with my family, I was with my family. When I'm biking, I'm with biking. When I'm into my business, I'm in my business. So that's where I think that balance needs to happen is that you're, really in you're all in with whatever that is yeah. and and that you're that you're at least not completely one-sided on the professional side like so many entrepreneurs exited that business in 2020 became a, a certified eos implementer wanted to help others grow their business while at the same time having growing this kind of curiosity and passion for positive psychology and helping other entrepreneurs because i was seeing an eos was really helping people grow their businesses and get on top of things. Amazing model. Love it. Right. But also seeing these visionaries on the personal side, struggling, Mm -hmm. not happy, making plenty of money. Like I, I still work with very wealthy individuals, you know, in that area, but they're not happy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is going on here? And so I was just, you know, and I could relate too, because I've been in (laughs) more shoes. So that's when I got into positive psychology in uh, 2021, uh, started my, well, applied in 20, um, yeah, first part of 2021 to the UPenn, you know, the top program in the world started by the founder, really the father, I shouldn't say the founder, but the father of positive psychology, Martin Seligman, who's become a great mentor of mine and many others, like he loves the alumni of this program and uh, started that. And that was, again, another another like uh, level up in my in my life like that helped me my kids could see the difference i was studying this the science of well-being mm-hmm. you know that that you can flourish regardless of circumstance right positive psychology is that's what that's about and mm-hmm. i then became super passionate about the entrepreneur and well-being mm-hmm. and so my whole focus in that program was how can i help entrepreneurs with mm-hmm. like combining positive psychology with that Hence the, the book launch, Entre Thrive, and doing Entre Thrive and coming up with what I call the eight laws of entrepreneurial thriving that's in the book. And so that's kind of where, you know, yeah, journey, journey. You know. yeah exactly. There's, there's a lot to, to unpack there, certainly. And, and sure. the, the book is coming out, first of all, in, in January. So it's uh, it's yeah. to hear about yeah, that. I'm super excited about that and with a great publisher. And so yeah, it's great. 
Excellent. And I, I think it's really interesting to, to hear, you know, that concept of being present in whatever you're doing, right? And really living yeah. it and, and being present in the moment. I think that's super important for, for entrepreneurs, really for anyone to, to keep in mind. Certainly, you know, in the process of selling those companies, building them up and, and then the exit, you know, going through that process. I'm curious to hear more about how, A, it went while you were living it and how, B, you're, you're looking back now with this mindset, with the knowledge and teachings that you've learned from positive psychology and what advice you might have for, for any entrepreneur or business owner who's thinking about maybe a change in their lives, uh, exiting their companies. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, I have learned and positive psychology has helped help me learn this principle is that when you're exiting, understanding your why, mm. and that if you make the exit about the financial side of it, which mm. is totally important, let's not, let's not downplay that at all. Like there's certainly a financial benefit and I certainly benefited in both my exits financially, but it's more like, to me, it's more meaningful when you you have a, even a deeper purpose. Like I was really leaning into both EOS and positive psychology. I really wanted to to dive more into that and felt like also as an entrepreneur in that transition that I, I'm really good at, at growing companies, I believe, from zero to 10 million. Like that's my, that's my sweet spot. I'm an entrepreneur. I like to start things. And I'm involved in, I'm also an investor in, and, and, and a couple other great companies, very much a partner uh, in another home care agency. So I, I get involved in other companies that way when I haven't founded them. And it's a different kind of experience than being the founder and then exiting later on. And that's a whole probably other podcast we could talk about. But for me, my advice is when someone's looking for that transition, mm. you know, ask, why are you doing this? And yeah. if it's all about about the financial side, why? You know, what do you want that to do? Because I think as you dig deeper, you'll find deeper reasons as to as to why you're doing it. The other thing I have learned that you have to be okay with, especially in situations where you're selling a company, and I did I, this is the situation in both of my companies. I'm selling a company that the person or the, the the buyer buying the companies could benefit from what I all the work I've done financially benefit greater than I was benefiting from, meaning they would grow it mm -hmm. and have another exit, yeah. which happened with home, with my last one in a major way. And that positive psychology has helped me to reframe that whole experience. Mm -hmm. Even my partners who are minority partners at the time that I exited, they yeah. benefited greatly from it, um, Not yeah, that from a, another right. exit like a missed opportunity, but, but a feel. Yeah. Like you could look at it as a missed opportunity, but if you reframe it now, initially, I'll be honest with you, full transparency. I did. Yeah. I was like, Oh my word, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just wait? Right. Why didn't I hold on? Mm -hmm. But then when I reframed it and said, wait a second, if I would have not, if I wouldn't have exited when I did, yeah. I would have never have found the master's program that I went through with positive psychology being a CEO of a, of a growing company that eventually is going to be public and so forth. There's no bandwidth there for that, nor was it my focus yeah. at the time. And so it couldn't have been. Mm. And so, and all the people in EOS and helping, helping people implement that wonderful model into their companies. Yeah. And then all the things that have happened since mm. beyond just the money, you know, pretty exceptional. And the other side of it is, is, 
why should I care what other people get? Sure. When I exited, yeah. and this is another thing positive psychology has helped me reframe some of those experiences like that exit as as a very positive one in the sense that I was happy with what I got. Yeah. Exactly. Or otherwise I wouldn't have done it. I was super happy. They were very fair. One thing I never did was blame my uh, the people who bought me out because mm-hmm. or that 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 took over because they gave me at the time a considerable deal. Like it was a great deal for what we were doing. And so why should I care what they got later? And that helped me kind of to where I'm looking at it as a great experience and super proud of the company because those individuals have taken that company to levels beyond I could take it. Like they, that private equity firm, Cressy, just took it to new levels that that I was incapable of. They had the resources I didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. And through that process, I mean, it feels like, you know, you've got to balance the legacy aspect with how, uh, how it, uh, you know, the financial gains that you yourself are um, receiving and certainly through the process of, of selling a company. And and we see this frequently at at Woodbridge. In our case, we always make sure to have multiple potential buyers and and bring as many as you should. That that way you you, you clients options. Yeah. And also get a feel for how the market is really pricing things, but also you get that potential of there might be one that's a better fit. There's might be one that has more potential to grow the company and grow that legacy beyond uh, what you've done versus give you more money up front right now. Right. And, and there's, it's not always an easy decision. It's not. And it's one that you have to really think through and be thoughtful about. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And I couldn't have predicted that valuations would go through the roof during COVID. Right. And that's what kind of happened. And, uh, but the legacy, I mean, you hit on that point, is that I will always be the founder. That's a title that they can never take away from me, right? And that's uh, something that I will always be proud of, that this company has gone from a $10 million to, like, it's, it's just, it's crazy what they've done in the meantime. And I'm so proud of that, you know, that I created a company that, that was so scalable and is taking over the market and has got such a reputable brand. I was uh, I actually spoke at the at the trade association conference um, this last week and the people who came up to me thanking me for starting that company and the impact it's had and the impact I had on the industry and was brought me to tears. Frankly, it was pretty awesome to hear. And so that I think is really important as you exit any kind of, of opportunity is that digging down deep and and also having the confidence that. If you 10x this opportunity and you grew it to a certain point, now you're ready to exit, why not 10x another one? There we go. Like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> it doesn't mean that's going to be your last opportunity. Exactly. You know, let's let's just keep growing these babies, you know, and that's what gets me excited. I love seeing that that come to pass. So. And just before we move on from the subject, I'd love to dive a little bit further into what you were saying before about, about understanding what it is that you want. You know, what is the why, as you said? Um, yeah. When you start this process of selling a company, it's it's an emotional one. It's difficult. There's there's lots yep. of different things that you have to keep in mind. But um, in your experience, you know, what was the process that you went through to to get to that decision and to to reach you know the conclusion of of what it is that you yeah. wanted to achieve? Yeah, I've been a member. I don't know if you're familiar with Strategic Coach for mm-hmm. several years. Dan Sullivan now is um, I'm part of his group. 
free zone group that we meet every quarter and, and Dan's a coach. And one thing that Dan has taught me over the years and his principle of being okay with wanting what you want. Yeah. Principle that, that not to make excuses for it. So when I told my partners even and other people that I wanted to exit because I wanted to pursue these other, other interests and potential passions, you know, I was more in the curiosity interest phase of those things that I learned early on that I didn't need to make excuses, even if they question like my sanity, right? That it's okay to want what you want. As long as you know your why, like as long as you're, you've got that firm and you're like clear on where you want to go in the sense Mm -hmm. of impact or whatever it is, is that not justifying it, not feeling like you have to justify what you want. And even if it's money, even if it's money involved, being open and honest about that, you know, and again, I always believe there's always a deeper purpose than just money that when you start digging down deeper, you know, there's that, you know, money is a lifestyle, right? You can create, uh, you know, so. And the money that you get from Having exactly. the company that's successful is also yeah. the impact it's had in society, as you pointed out with with the exactly. changing the way that the industry works. Yeah, it's huge it's, impact. I couldn't have done that without the money, right? Without without that opportunity. I I live on seven acres on the Snake River here in, in Idaho. Mm-hmm. You know that has created a a real kind of haven for my family. I mm-hmm. I wanted that, and I don't apologize for it, right? So it's um. It's being okay with that. I think as you're looking at any opportunity to exit your company, you're ready to do that, to settle in with that, right? And be okay wanting what you want and and that uh, that your business is there to serve you and not the other way around. You know what I'm saying? It's that we become so, um, mm. like we feel like we're there to serve our business. Right. I think that's backward thinking. I think that that's dangerous thinking. That impacts that negatively impacts our well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that if we go with the approach that our that our business is just this one this thing here that helps yeah. serve us and our families and making an impact. Like for me, my businesses have, have always been about not necessarily my passion isn't necessarily about the industry itself, although there, there's a passion there, of course, in helping the elderly and home care and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I have a much, I have a calling per se, that's more about helping individuals and my business is just a vehicle, exactly. you know, to get me to help other entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's what EntreThrive is about. You know, yeah. it's a vehicle that connects back to my guiding truths, which I talk about more in the book. Yeah, and I think all of this comes back to also the point that we haven't really touched on yet of, of the good life. And what is the yeah. good life for entrepreneurs? How can they pursue it in their lives? And, and um, you know, how that ties into EntreThrive. I'd love to hear more yeah. about all of that, if, if you could. Yeah, the good life is an Aristotle term. He is really, uh, Martin is the uh, the father of positive psychology in the in this latest century or whatever. But if you really peel back, you know, the founder of positive psychology uh, is Aristotle, you know, the great Stoic. And he turned the good life. He also um, talked about eudaimonia as being virtuous living, right? And called the good life the complete life. Mm. And to me, I've also taken that to a a new level, I guess, and saying that the good life is a mindset. Mm. 
it's how we frame the past, present, and future of our lives. And so just like in that example, when you exit a company, how are you going to frame that? What are you going to learn? What, what, how are you going to move forward, right, in the, in the next phase of your life? And in, on the subtitle of the book is creating the good life, right. not living the good life. We first have to create it and then live it. And it's first created here mm-hmm. in our minds. We have to get in that mindset of yeah. that, you know, that good life mindset is mm-hmm. what it is. And I talk more about it in the book, but it's it's really, again, reframing, looking at every circumstance, every challenge is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, the extreme example of this, one of my heroes is Viktor Frankl, right? Mm-hmm. You know, prisoner of war. And his famous quote is, life is never... Um, never made unbearable by circumstances, Mm -hmm. but by lack of meaning and purpose. So even in those dire circumstances, he found hope, he found meaning, he found the good life. Yeah. And, uh, and which helped him propel him into one of the greatest psychologists of our time. And so it's, it's really, I think the good life again is coming back to the, what Aristotle calls is the complete life, a virtuous life where, we find thriving, we find flourishing, regardless of what's going on. Right. And I also talk about this lie of the either or of as an entrepreneur, which ties to the good life. The lie of the either or is that either I can flourish professionally or I can flourish personally, but I can't have both. Yeah. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, guess what side we usually choose? Uh, professional. Right. We go all in with our businesses. We become obsessive with that, thinking the personal side of flourishing is going to catch up eventually. Yeah. And it's procrastination. That's never really going to catch up. You have to like stop and pay attention to it like I did back in 2016 and say, wait a second. <laughs> if I put more time in my personal side of flourishing, my professional side will benefit in a significant way. Exactly. So anyway, the good life. I hope that makes sense. But yeah, that, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's funny because Aristotle it, did a much better yeah. job of describing it. Yep, the, that phrase that you use, the either or. We also say we have a, a two-day management meeting training. We call it. We do with all of our our clients before we start our process to understand, you know, what it is that that buyers are looking for in a company. And one of the main things we focus on is this: what we call the tyranny of the or. That I can focus on on the process of selling my business or on running my business. Well, you, you need to do yeah. both, you know, in order to have yeah. a successful transaction. So very similar here, I think. You know, being able to to do both is is not only something that you have to be capable of; it's it's crucial. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And being present, like let's say you're starting a business and you you know it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. But the thing that I've learned through my own mistakes and my own misjudgment is that at least when you're home, be home, right? Right. Uh, that you might be 80% in your business, but when you are with your family or you are with your most important relationships, that you're with them. And I still learn that. I still have to check myself. Like this is an entrepreneurial issue that we deal with because we're, we can be highly distracted. I'm certainly following that bucket and I have to continually remind myself positive psychology has helped me kind of bring me a little bit more down to earth that way personally. And I, I'm so grateful for that, but. Yeah. Well, Aaron, that was all I had prepared to ask for today is, is yeah. that that you wanted to share with our audience before we uh, wrap up today? Yeah. You know, I mean, just on the book Entre Thrive is on January 22nd. Um, you can pre-order the Kindle. And I think by the, t- you know, that, 
you can all, by the time this launches, it'll be hardcover will be available and so forth. But we've created a link um, for your listeners, entrethrive.com. So you can just go to the website if you want. But if you want to get a special tool we've created for your listeners, it's entrethrive.com forward slash Woodbridge. Right. And in that, you'll they'll get an entreclarity guide that has two powerful tools to help them get to their guiding truths and a term we call the breakaway, which is a cycling term. I know, Jacob, mm-hmm. you like cycling and the Tour de France breakaway, mm-hmm. but I use that concept to talk about breaking away from our, our former selves and really kind of leaning into our future selves. So it's a, it's a great little tool um, that, that I've, I've put together for your listeners, Perfect. you know, the order of the book, you know, the, yeah. they'll learn some yeah. amazing things, you know, as far as even from an exit standpoint, like in uh, transition, there's some good things in that book relative to that. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about that as well. And uh, we really appreciate it. And, and thanks so much again for joining us today. You bet. I appreciate you having me. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guest and their insights. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.